group that I co-lead with Curtis Hundley. Uh, many of you probably know Curtis. He's often running sound in the back or playing electric guitar. And uh, we meet on Monday nights at my house in Grove City. That'll be starting in uh, November. If you'd like to learn more, just come see me after the service. Uh, during today and the service, we're going to be continuing to worship. We're going to be continuing our uh, current series on When Jesus Asks. And uh, I hear that there's going to be some kind of an update about the building today. So, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, would you continue to stand as we continue to worship this morning? with to be able to gather together and sing your praises we are truly grateful we love you so much open our hearts to this service In jesus name amen you kids thank you for being with us and you can head on out of here Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Hello. Okay. Now that you sat down and you're all comfortable, okay, I want you to do something for me. I want you to uh, uh, turn around, say hello to somebody, or maybe even get up. This is crazy, but get up, say hello to somebody. Um, and I want you to share something with them. Uh, if you have a special ability, I was somewhere this week and someone identified their special ability as, as they can do Excel spreadsheets, which... Any of us who, like, can't do that, we know how valuable that is. But if you, like, what's your special, we all have one. What's your special ability? Tell somebody around you, tell them your name, and tell them your special ability. What is it you're really good at, okay? What's your, what are you really good at? Go, do, do it, okay? Introduce yourself to somebody, say hello, good morning. What's your special ability? All right. Did you meet someone new? Did you find out something you didn't know before about them? All right. So um, we're going to talk this morning about special abilities. And there are people, people all over the world have some really interesting special abilities, okay? Some things that they, that they, are, uh, they can do that just maybe no one else can do. Um, this man's name is Dean Karnazis. I, Karnazis uh, forgive me, Dean, if you're listening. Um, but um, Dean, um, Dean has a special ability. His special ability is actually endurance, okay? Actually endurance. You know that feeling that some of us get, like, after we walk up a flight of stairs and we're like, whoo, 
You know, like I'm going to fall over, my heart's racing. Um, Dean, that never happens to him apparently, okay? Um, he has an extremely high tolerance for, for muscular fatigue. Um, Dean has um, some of his, some of his um, uh, feats. He ran on a treadmill for 80 straight hours. 350 miles on a treadmill. He has done 50 marathons in, 50, in all 50 states on 50 consecutive days. Okay? I have not done one marathon in my entire life combining all the running I've ever done. So Dean has this special ability. He has this special ability. Um, there's also Daniel Browning Smith, who is the world's, I know, right? I know. The world's, um, the world's preeminent contortionist, I guess? Um, He's the host of History, he's known as Rubber Boy, okay? He is uh, the host of History Networks, uh, there's a show called Stan Lee's Superhumans, I guess. I didn't know about this until I looked into, you know, my, my Google history got really interesting this week, I'm just going to say that, okay? <laughs> uh, this fellow is named Wim Hof, I don't think he's, you know, from the States. Wim Hof, he's known as the Iceman, the Iceman, uh, not because he can fly jets um, and, you know, take out MiGs or anything. Um, but he is, or play volleyball, never mind. Um, come on, help me out a little bit. Okay, um, but he, he can tolerate extreme cold. Yeah, he can tolerate extreme cold. Uh, he holds the world's record for the longest ice bath, um, which essentially he just eventually got out of the ice water. Like, it wasn't like, I have to get out now. It was just, okay, I broke the record, and no one's probably going to top this. Um, here's, here's, a, here's a special one. Um, this is Cassie Graves. <laughs> There's a name for... <laughs> There's a name for what she has, and it is trimethylaminuria. Okay, if you're a doctor, I butchered that, but trimethylaminuria. Um, her sweat and her breath, actually, it is described as smelling like rotten flesh. That's a special ability, right? Like, that sounds like something out of the comics. But poor Cassie, I also, I, you know, she's the only female on the list. I didn't want to be sexist here. Um, so, and then finally, Gary Turner is stretchy, okay? Like, he's stretchy. Yeah, his skin, there's like a collagen disorder or something. Again, I don't know what all that means, but he's, that's his lower lip that he's, like, pulled up over his face. I'm going to get off that because it's kind of gross. Okay, but, but, he, but, but there, are, there are people that can just kind of do things that others can't. It's kind of a fact of life, and, you know, there, there, are, there are people who are the best at, at certain things that we aspire to, and then there's people that just have unique abilities, Okay? They have unique abilities. And we react to those things in different ways. We react to, you know, if it, again, if it's some, an oddity, we react maybe with aversion to it. But, but oftentimes, people have abilities that we aspire to. Like, we want to be like them. We chase after them. We make sort of cultural uh, or social heroes of, of folks like that. Okay? And, and we're going to actually be dealing with unique ability today. We're in this series in the book of Matthew. Um, it's in, in the book of Matthew, and we're, we're looking at uh, um, different questions that Jesus asked, okay, that he asked and never saying. Some of those are rhetorical questions where he wasn't looking for a response. Today's question is one that he was looking for a specific response. And, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9 in our series when Jesus asked. But here's a few that we've looked at recently, a few of the questions. Um, Jesus asked, uh, Dan looked at this a couple weeks ago. He, he, was, he was in a boat, asleep in a boat, and a storm came up, and his disciples were afraid of the storm. And he asked, why are you so afraid? He asked them, why are you so afraid? And, and, and we unpacked, like, what, what, does our, what does our fear say about us and our relationship with, with God? And, and Jesus asked his, his followers that question. Last week, Josh uh, shared with us 
you know, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? There were religious leaders who Jesus had, a paralytic was brought to Jesus, and, and before Jesus healed him, he said that his sins were forgiven, right? And the religious folks in the room, they, they took exception to that because only God has the right to forgive sins. And, and, um, and so they, in, in their, it said in their heart, like they were just in their heart, they, they, like, why is this man blaspheming? And Jesus asked them, like, why are you thinking this evil thing in your heart? Like, I have the authority to forgive sin. I have the authority to forgive sin. So why are you thinking this evil thought? And today, it, that, was, uh, that, that came from, last week came from the very beginning of chapter 9. We're going to be towards the end of chapter 9 today. And our question for today is, do you believe that I am able to do this? Jesus asked. Okay? That's the question out of context. Do you believe that I am able to do this? What a powerful question that Jesus asks. What a powerful question. And, and we're going to be looking at this. Um, and and he, he asked this of, his, of, uh, of some folks in, in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 28. But how did he come to this? There's several things between the, the, the story that Josh gave us last week and the question Josh gave us last week, last week about why is there evil in your hearts. Several things had happened in, in, the, in Matthew chapter 9. And I just want to kind of run down the list of what a few of those things were to fill in the gaps between the beginning of chapter 9, where we were last week, and now um, um, today where we're going to land towards the end of chapter 9. Um, and so here's, here's a, uh, just a rundown of some of the things that happens. Right after the, the miracle of this paralytic man is healed and Jesus forgives his sins, right after that, the author of the Gospel of Matthew I, talks about, he writes about the time that Jesus called him to be his disciple, to be he called Matthew to be a disciple of Jesus, okay? And, and, and it's Matthew sort of recognizing the authority of Jesus as, as a rabbi, as a teacher, one to follow, okay? And that's the story. And, and then uh, immediately after that, um, there are followers of John the Baptist, the followers of John the Baptist who come to Jesus and they ask a question. They're like, hey, um, we fast as, like, we, 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 we fast from food um, as, as followers of John the Baptist, and the Pharisees fast, like the religious guys fast, but your disciples don't fast. Why is that? And Jesus essentially says, like, because, like, because I'm here with them, okay? You fast so that I can be with you, so that your, my presence is known, but I'm here with you, okay? And he, he establishes himself as the authority over religious practice as well. He goes on in Matthew chapter 9, and he heals a woman who had endless bleeding. It's the, the, the Greek word is, is the word for hemorrhage. Um, it's widely believed that, that she had had, had had menstrual bleeding for, for 12 years, okay? For 12 years. It was just this endless, ongoing uh, ailment. And Jesus shows he has authority over these things that, like, that like seem like they're never going to end. It seems like this is just the way of life right? And Jesus shows his authority over that. And kind of intermixed with that same story of the healing of that woman, um, he, he, there, there's a, a, a young girl has died, and, and Jesus brings her back to life, right? I mean, that's like, that's the golden ticket, right? That's the big item. He brings her back to life. And he shows he has authority over life and death, right? Everything's been going on in Matthew chapter 9 is dealing with, is dealing with Jesus and his authority. Who is he? Who is he? And, and does he have authority? Which brings us to where we are in, our, in, in, in Matthew chapter 9 and our question where it comes from today. So if you've got your Bible and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, or follow along with us on the screen, we're going to start right here. So look at what happens in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. 
It says, Jesus went on from there. This is, uh, he went on from there being those last two miracles we looked at, from the, the, the young girl bring, being brought back to life and the woman being healed who had the, the bleeding. It says, Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. So here's our setup. Jesus is moving on, and there's two blind men. They call out for him, and they ask for mercy. Have mercy, right? And they call him something. They say, they say, they say have mercy on us, son of David. Son of David. This is the first use of this phrase in the book, book of Matthew, but it will be used several more times. Okay, David was uh, amongst the Jewish people. David was like the, the, the pinnacle of, like, of their nation. He was their, their national hero. They had, they had Father Abraham, but they had King David. Okay, King David. And tied up in David, though, was, was the, for, for them this, this messianic promise. This promise that someone was going to come along to follow behind David who would establish themselves as the one true final king of Israel. Right? So the title, Son of David, the title Son of David is, is a term that is just loaded with meaning for these people. It means that you are the one that thousands of, of years of history, of family history, then national history and religious history, you are the one, son of David, you're the one that we've been looking for, waiting for, that's, gonna, that's going to establish God's kingdom on earth. Okay? It's a very powerful phrase. It's, it's, so it's a reference to, to, his, to, to him being the Messiah. It's also... It's also uh, interesting that it's wrapped up in prophecy. This term is used in prophecies about the coming Messiah a lot. And, and uniquely, especially in a couple places in Isaiah, that the, the, um, the coming of the son of David, the coming of the Messiah, is going to be associated with the blind getting their sight back. Okay? The blind getting their sight back. And so here we are, and, and Jesus is moving along. He's, he's moving from, from one place to another, and these two blind men call out to him and say, have mercy have mercy on us, son of David. Now, it's, it's fascinating to think about this as well from, from this angle, right? Up to this point, Jesus had been showing his authority. It had been revealed. He, it, it, who, who he was, should, no one should have been mistaken about it. But, but as Josh shared with us last week, the religious folks of the day took exception to Jesus' authority as the son of David, as, as the coming Messiah, as the one who would, who would answer all the, the longings for the nation of Israel. They took exception to that. The religious people, the ones who, who had the text, the ones who were supposed to be able to see, had missed it. But here we have two blind men. Two blind men who can't see. Two blind men who are in tune with their need to see. The Pharisees assume they can see. The religious leaders assume they can see. These two blind men have no assumption of sight. But they're the ones who actually see clearly. Right? They're the ones who actually see clearly. The religious folks had missed Jesus. The blind had seen him. Okay? And so the story goes on. Verse 28, and this is where our question comes from. He had gone indoors. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. They continued to pursue him. The blind men came to him, and he asked them, okay? he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Simply, yes, Lord, they replied. Yes, Lord, they replied. So they, they follow him inside. He asks the question, and he says, do you, do you believe I'm able? The word able is it's capable. Do you, do you believe I have the power to do the thing that you're asking? Do you believe that the power that's necessary to show you the mercy you're asking for, do you believe that it's mine? 
Do you believe it's mine? And they say affirmative. Yes, we do. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes. He touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. The touch is meaningful here. The touch is meaningful here. The leading cause of, the leading cause of blindness in the ancient world was sexually transmitted disease. Right? It was the leading cause of blindness in the ancient world, apart from, uh, apart from uh, injury. Okay? So if these men weren't injured and they were blind, it, was li- wide, it would have widely been believed that they were either themselves suffering the long and debilitating effects of sexually transmitted disease or that their mother had it and it had been transmitted to them in birth. They were blind from birth. And so blindness was often associated with, with something that was, that, was, that was a punishment on people. It was associated with something that, that was dirty. It was associated with, some, with uh, something that was to be, to be kept away from decent society. And these men come to Jesus asking for mercy. And before he does the thing for them, he touches them. He touches them. That's, that's our powerful Savior, right? They're, they're, they're coming to him, and he reaches out to them as they get close to him. And then it says, so, and then he says these words. He says, according to your faith, let it be done. Do you want to be a little careful with according to? According to is, um, I don't, we don't want to read too much into that. It's a, just a very common phrase here. It doesn't mean, uh, it, does, it, does not, it is not meant to indicate quality of their faith nor quantity of faith. It just simply is a way of saying, like, as you've had faith, as you've had faith, it will be done to you. Okay? As you've had faith, it will be done to you. So they were, and they were healed. And Jesus warned them sternly after this. He says, see to it that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Okay? As is classic. This is actually called, there's a, there's a word for this, it's called the messianic secret, where Jesus would do something that, that announced himself as the Messiah and then say, like, hit the brakes. Don't tell anybody what's happened. Don't tell anybody what's happened. Um, it's, it's most likely, and, and, and this is consistent with the narrative about Jesus, it's most likely that he, he didn't want people to misunderstand his mission, right? If, if he was the son of David, as they announce him to be, and, and people got wind of that, it's, it's likely, it's likely that that would be viewed as, as a political position, the son of David, the, the Messiah, the one who was going to free them from their captors. And while Jesus' mission is all about freedom, he doesn't want it to be misunderstood that it's just about this temporary free freedom, that the freedom of this world, it's about something larger. And so he regularly is saying this to people. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what's happened. So to reiterate the story, to go back through the story, where our question comes in. Jesus is just present. He's in a place. Okay? He's there. And as he's there, these blind men are calling out to him and coming towards him because they believe he can heal them. Okay? They move to him and he asks that question of them. Do you believe? Do you have faith? Right? And then... Simply, the answer yes, and he heals them, right? So Jesus is present, they have faith, and he heals them. Um, it's important, that order is important because their faith is sandwiched between Jesus' presence and his power. Their, catch that. Their faith 
is sandwiched between Jesus' presence and his power. The miracle that took place took place because Jesus was near and able to do it. Their faith, their faith activated it. But their faith did not bring it about. What brought it about is who Jesus is and his power to make it happen. Right? So we, we want to make sure when we look at these that we don't misunderstand. That we don't misunderstand. That if, that if, I, if, I'm, if I have faith that, that somehow there's an obligation, or if I say the right words, there's an obligation for God to act in the way that I want him to act. That he has to do what I, what I desire him to do. That's not really what's going on here. What happened, happened because Jesus was there and he had the power to do it. Okay? He was there and he had the power to do it. And, 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 and that's, that's the, the, the nature of what's going on here. The faith activates the power, but it's God's power that it exists independent of our faith. God, God can do these things. Jesus can do these things with or without our faith. Right? He can. It's his power. It's his presence. Our faith engages it, but it doesn't make it so. It doesn't make it happen. Fair enough? And this is, this is true, I want to say today, this is true of their blindness as well as ours. Okay? This is true of their blindness as well as ours. Um, in the same way that, that, that these men had, had an ailment, they had, they had a condition, they weren't able to see. But as Jesus came near, as Jesus moved into their world, they believed that he could do something about that condition. And his power made it so. And it's the same with us. It's the same pattern with us. You see, Jesus has moved into our world. He's moved into our world. He came here as one of us. He came here as one of us. He, he gave himself as a sacrifice for us so that we could see. And we engage his presence and his power by faith. But his presence and his power exist they just are. He's waiting for us to say, yes, I believe, right? Yes, I believe. And so Jesus' question that we're wrestling with here, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe? Do you believe that, that he is present in our world, that the power of God evidenced first through Jesus and, and today through his spirit, do you believe that he's able to heal our blindness, to, to, to allow us to see clearly? Because Jesus says, I am uniquely capable of this. This is what he's saying, right? Do you believe that I am able to do this, he says. Jesus says, do you believe I can do it? Are you counting on something else to do it for you? To show you the way, the truth, to give you life? Do you believe that, that, I, that Jesus says, do you believe that I have answers to your problems? Or are you counting on something else? Do we have questions about his doubts or his abilities? 
What's it like when you're, what's it like for you when your ability gets questioned? Okay? Have you ever, that, that thing you hopefully shared before we started, your special ability, what happens when somebody, like, questions it? Does it bother you at all? Okay? Does it, does it lead maybe to some self-doubt? I had a, a, a student in one of my classes this week um, who just kind of looked at me and basically said, like, you're not doing a very good job of this. <laughs> and I was like, it, it, I was like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, like, well, how does that make us feel? When something that, that we're doing, something that we, are, that we are capable of, and there's someone present who just doesn't believe in us, now magnify that, right? What, what is it like when we look at, at the power of God on display in Jesus and say, I don't know. You know what? You know what, God? You know what, Jesus? I don't think you're doing all that bang up a job. If you were a little bit better at your job, this, that, or the other in my life wouldn't be what it is. It would be better than that. Right? Like the, the just the arrogance on our part. <laughs> to question it. And I think, um, I think Jesus is asking us the same question. And I kind of reiterate, say it this way. I want to look at this question from a few different angles. Jesus, I think, is saying to us, do you believe I am able to do this? Right? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And you may be sitting here this morning, and, and I'm talking about these things, and you may say, like, I'm not even sure about Jesus at all. What is, what is this you're talking about? I want to make clear this morning that there's something that's true about every one of us. It's true about every one of us. It's been true of every one of us throughout time and history except for Jesus. It's that we're born into a condition of blindness. We don't see the truth for what it is, reality for what it is. The Bible calls it sin. We're born into this sin. We don't, we don't acknowledge the truth. We want to handle things our own way. We have our own agenda that we set. And off, most often that agenda is, is contrary to what is best for us that God has given us. And so we go about doing our own thing. We're just sort of set against God. It's our, it's our, like our basic orientation. And the Bible calls it sin. We're born into it. It tells us emphatically it's true of all of us. Right? But Jesus came along. And just as he came along for these blind men, he's come into our world to make it right. To, to take care of our sin, our selfishness, our pride, our arrogance, our dishonesty, our lust and our desire to take what, what isn't ours, what isn't rightfully ours. And Jesus gave his life. Later in this book of Matthew, it'll talk about the, the agony of the cross that he went to on our behalf to take our sins for us so that, so that we can eternally be with him. Do we believe he's able to do this? Do we believe that? And if you're here today and you've never said yes to that, Today's the day to say, yes, Lord, I do believe, Jesus, that you are able to heal my, my very deepest problems. You're, I, I know it. I know that I've been blind from birth. 
And Jesus, you can make me right. Your presence and your power, I believe it. I trust it to make me right. We can say yes to that today. That might be your this this morning, is that you've never said yes to him. You've never said yes to him. But it also, there are maybe other things. He may be, he may be saying, do you believe that I can, I can move you towards a neighbor? That there's a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a family member who has needs that you can meet. And we go, yeah, but I don't know about that. That might be your this. Someone in your life who needs you. And we're not saying yes. It could just be a, a challenge that you face. A young person uncertain about your future. Someone in midlife not, not certain whether or not you should stay where you are, move on to something different. Have we given it to him or are we continuing to spin our wheels to try and figure out the best we can on our own? Do you believe that he can handle that, that he can help you with that, that he can do this, that he's got power for that? It could be health. It might be a physical ailment. Do we believe that he's got the power to handle it? A failing marriage, rebellious child, do we believe do we believe that Jesus is able to do something with this? Do we believe it? He, I think there's reasons that, that, that we say no to that. The blind men both said, yes, Lord, but I think there's reasons we say no. And here's a, just a few reasons. I think one reason we say no is that we believe our problem is too small or insignificant for God. It's not big enough. Okay? My this is just a little thing. It's just a little financial trouble. It's just, a, it's just that, like, like, my marriage is just off by, like, 10%. It's pretty good compared to most others. Like, like we're, not, we're not talking to lawyers or anything. But we're not quite right. And that's, he doesn't, he's not concerned with that. So I'm not, I'm not bringing that to him. It's too small. It's kind of insignificant. Maybe we think our stuff is too big. Even God has limits, Right? Even God's got limits. I've got ailments that he can't do anything about. So I guess I'm just going to have to like dig in and deal with it until, you know, either I, 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 I pass on or some other miraculous thing comes along. But it's just too big for God. It's too big for him. You might say, um, you, might say you don't deserve it. Right? Remember where the two blind men started with? Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, the things that I've done, the people I've hurt, I don't, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve for, for God's mercy to, to even move in my life. I'm just going to have to shuffle along and deal with what I've done. Or maybe you're just cynical about it. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. Talking to God about it doesn't work. Like the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. I've dealt with this all this time. I've prayed about this and prayed about this and prayed about it. I've given this to God and given it to God as best I know how, and it's still here. 
But do we believe that he has, he's present and he is powerful? Do we still believe it? Do we still believe it even if, even at this point in time, he hasn't reached out and touched the ailment and made it go away? Would, how would we answer his question? What if we said it this way? Do you believe? Do you believe? Because Jesus is saying, I am able to do this. I am able. I know, I know you've got a burden that you're carrying. And I'm able. Do you believe? What if, he, what if the order was reversed? Because this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm able to do this. Do you believe? I'm able to do this. Do you believe? I, whatever it is that you're confronting, Jesus says, I am able to, to, to help you through it. I'm able to, to I, I have the mercy that you need for whatever you're facing. It may involve, listen, it may involve him miraculously removing the ailment. I don't know. But it also may involve him giving you the grace and the peace and the mercy that's necessary to still trust his presence and his power with the ailment. That may be what's there. But do we believe that he's able? Do we believe? Because there's really only one answer. These two blind men gave the right answer, right? Si, senor. Yes, Lord. I believe. What do we say when, when God asks us something? What's the answer? When he asks us to do something, when he asks us to trust more, when he asks us to hold on, when he asks us to move towards that person, when he asks us to, to stay true, to the commitment of our marriage. What is, his, what is the answer? Yes, Lord. Yes. It's faith, belief is, is saying yes when God asks. That's what faith is. These blind men did this. Have mercy on us, son of David. Do you believe I am able to do this? Yes, Lord. Yes, it's always the right answer. You see, Jesus has a special ability. He has a special ability. It's uniquely his. It's not a genetic malady. He's not stretchy. I didn't even show you the guy with telescopic eyes. He has a special ability. It's just based on who he is. As God, come to earth, sacrificed for our sins, his special ability is that he holds all of eternity in his hands. Your problem is not too big for him. Nor does he, are you so insignificant that he doesn't care about it. He gave everything for us, which to him was that 
that, that moment of being separated from his father that he had never encountered. But he gave it for us. So that we could say, yes, Lord. He makes it possible through who he is, his presence and his power. He makes it possible for us to say, yes, Lord, to experience healing. So he's God. He has the ability to heal our bodies. He does. He may not. But we're still called to believe that he, he, he does. Even in the midst of it. He can heal our relationships our neighborhoods, our cities. He can heal nations. He can fix planets. He can do all that. But he's after our souls, our hearts. He's, that's what he's asking us for. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? He's still asking it of us today. Let me pray. Lord, Jesus, we, um, we stop in your presence and say, have mercy on us. Messiah, Christ, Lord, Savior. I confess that all too often I don't, I don't believe I'm blind. So I don't even really believe I need what you're able to do. Christ, would you would you forgive us? Would you would you continue to show us who you are? More of your more of your presence and more of your power. And give us the faith. Give us the faith that's necessary to respond to you. To say yes, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And um, we just pray all of this, Jesus, in your name because you are able to do this. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. Great song, great reminder of our God and who he is. I am Dan. If I have not met you, I'm the lead pastor here at Life Community. Um, first of all, I apologize for those images at the beginning of Tom's message. Those were not approved. It's the first time I saw those, so I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I want to give you a quick, it's going to take 10 minutes, right? Quick update about our building at 4400. Um, and let me sure I got my, my clickers here. I actually have a laser pointer, too, which I know is going to excite some people. Like laser panners. Um, we had, uh, for those of you who are new, we had a fire, okay? And uh, let me see if we can get to those slides, okay? So, yeah, so we had a fire on July 9th. Uh, we sustained, it started in a warehouse. We had roof damage. We had warehouse uh, damage, a lot of it. We had smoke and water damage throughout the building just to get you caught up. We're, that's why we're here. That's why we're meeting here at RELC. Um, and I want to give you some updates on the building renovation. So... I'm going to let that play through. I know. I'm sorry. It's like to show you images. It's bringing it all back, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was in July, man. It felt like five years ago. But so let me give you some updates. 
First of all, this right here is a picture of the entire building, okay? Um, let me go through this by sections. This first section here is, is a kid's life area and the lobby. Um, this is the area that we hope to get into right after the new year. Of course, no promises with that because nothing has gone according to how I thought it would go. And I think that probably will continue to some degree. Um, but that's okay. God's in, God's in control. It's his timing. Um, the fire, it just caused a lot more damage than we thought, uh, coupled with code changes and then labor and supply kind of issues. Anyway, so that first section, last week they finished what is called the ozone, which is gets rid of like odor and pathogens because it smelled really bad in there for a long time. That happened this week. They're sealing the walls. They put like primer on the walls that are there to kind of to get that dealt with. Then they go on to the electrical, lighting, HVAC, ceiling grids, drywall, painting, flooring. I know you want to know all that. I'm giving you details. Um, let me move on to the second section in the middle. That's the auditorium and the youth room. Um, they are starting to clean this. Um, it'll go fast. We've had roof issues because when a fire burns through a roof and you're trying to figure out what's next, you have to make decisions with insurance on how to make that happen. And eventually we're going to have a whole new roof over the top of it, but we have to put like a temporary, it's actually going to stay there, but it's a part of the roof is going to have to be covered with roof and then a roof on top of that because of dealing with the fire. So that's why it's taken so long, but we don't expect that to be done too long after the first section. So then we get to the third section, and this is um, what is the, the office in the warehouse space, right, where the food pantry is too. And this entire section is going, is going to be rebuilt. It's going to be demoed. That's going to be October 30th. It'll be gone, and then it'll be rebuilt. Um, in addition, in how it's rebuilt, uh, in addition to the firewalls, there's going to be sprinkling throughout the building. That's code changes that happen, um, which we're glad for. Uh, the warehouse, let me go see here. Okay, so I, this is just a blow-up of that warehouse space that's on the right there. All right. Um, so the warehouse previously had three sections, right? This is where I get to use the laser pointer. So we have the office area here, warehouse space here, and then storage here, and the food pantry here. So I'm, let's talk about this, this space here, this um, what is, uh, was an open area, right, that was there before. Um, the design is going to be the same when we rebuild, but we're actually going to move um, the vertical columns, and this, this map represents this. So this, this area is going to be a lot bigger and this area here, the storage area, is going to be smaller, okay? I'm just telling you what's happening. Um, we are working towards that big area here, which is over here, is going to be a multi-purpose area. Um, there's going to be a wall that goes up that's going to actually separate the storage. It's going to go all the way up. That's going to separate the storage from the multi-purpose area. That's new uh, that from before. I'll talk about that in a second. But in that storage area, actually, too, as we rebuild... There's going to be storage here for LCC, and then there's going to be a big wall here, and there's going to be storage here for the food pantry, too, all right? Um, the third area up, up on the top is the food pantry, which is, is going to be put back as before. The timeline for all this section, this whole section, uh, to be rebuilt is June, July 2024, okay? So that section is going to take a lot longer uh, because it's a complete rebuild. Now... Overall, the majority of this whole thing is going to be covered by our insurance. There are some exceptions, one being that new wall that's going to go between a multi-purpose room and a storage area. Um, and that is actually going to be funded in advance 
by the food pantry as part of an agreement we have in terms of use, free future use of the building. Okay? So I'm updating you on that. Now, let's all talk about some needs and some opportunities ahead, all right? These are things that we have to, to kind of address. And let's start with, let me get the right clicker here, let's start with this beautiful mess, right? It's, it's not pretty. It's, um, it's been overdue for a long time. Uh, we've gotten estimates to redo the parking lot. Um, the best we've had so far is $250,000, which is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mountain. It, it seems like a mountain. Uh, that'll get us to 18 to 20 years of a, of a new parking lot, okay? But this is a need we have to address. We have to take care of. Um, there will be other needs, too. Extra costs that are going to come as a part of this rebuild process. Because here's how insurance works. Insurance puts things back the way they were before, right? So all, everything is just, they, they cost, they price it out, so that everything's put out the way it was before. Um, we have opportunity in this time to actually build more efficiently and better, but that's not how the insurance company necessarily views it. They view as put things back, right? So things like, let me give you examples. These are just a couple. LED lights, right? It pays for us to put LED lights back in rather than fluorescents because we save money over the long haul, okay? But if it costs more to put LED lights in than fluorescent lights, then we've got to make up that difference. That's just a small example. There are a couple things like that, like HVAC too. We've got to, in order to be more efficient with some of the runs, we can move them around a little bit, but there's some money on the front end for that. Those are, some of those are seen, we know about, some of them are going to come throughout the process, okay? Now we have insurance, as I said before, our, our cap for insurance is $3.5 million, which at the beginning, we were told, oh, you, you are fine, right? You got, that's, that's fine. Um, two years ago, we wouldn't have dreamed of even coming close to that. We're in this inflationary period that is crazy right now. The costs are crazy, and we're still well below, we're below that the cap, but we are approaching it, believe it or not. Um, so we're monitoring that closely. We don't want to go over that, but there may be extra costs that come up, I think, outside of that associated with some of the things we want to do. We just don't know, but we're going to let you know those as those come. So those are under needs, all right? The parking lot is a need, and some of the things that come out of this construction. Now let's talk about opportunities. Let's talk about this multi-purpose room, okay? We see this, and I'm speaking on behalf of our leadership team here, uh, we see this as, an, as a place to invest for the future. Uh, it'll be built back to handle 250 people in it with tables. So that's, that's a, a good space. For us, it's going to benefit us for things like for Sunday lunch, for our youth, for activities, for even other ministries that want to come in and use it, for the food pantry to do food drives, Christmas drives, things like that, uh, and even for the community as a place to build bridges. So we're really looking at that. Um, so we'd like to, we'd like to finish it out. Now we were given an estimate as we, you know, we're playing with numbers here. And we're given an estimate of $300,000 to completely finish that out, and which we think is high as we've been looking around. But 85000 of that is an HVAC unit. That's what costs are now. It's just crazy. Um, we don't have that money right now. We're working, though, with the builder to set us up well to be able to finish that out and go along the way and finish it out. So that's kind of our mindset. So there, because of that, in order to, to do that now and not end up with even more costs later, we are 
looking at some of the, some of the things that we can tackle now and set us up for future for that. Um, we actually think, on a side note, we actually think we'd be able to do some of this work with the skills in our body and with some of the skills of the food pantry. We actually think it would be kind of fun to do that along the road and unifying for us as well. Um, but the bottom line in all that is, is we can prep now as we rebuild to lower some costs later down the road. But there's costs now up front. All this, need, all this means is this. We have, um, we've, we're going to open a building fund, all right, for the needs and, and for, the, for the wants that we have ahead. Uh, we're going to try and save as best we can for this. When you give on mylcc.info, you'll have two options. You see them there. There's a general fund. There's a building fund. Our priority with the building fund first is the parking lot. That is a need. We have to address it. We got to get on it. Um, along the way, as we can do smaller things with the, with, uh, the multi-purpose space, we will look to do those um, even from our budget, our normal budget, if we can. Uh, but the priority is that parking lot first. So here's how you can help. I, you can probably guess one of the ways, right? You can give, right? We're asking everybody connected here with this body to consider, to pray about giving. Uh, giving above general fund giving. This would have to be that way because it doesn't help to switch from, oh, I'll just give to the building out of my general fund because that just underfunds other ministry things that are going on, staff, missionaries, um, and ministry areas. By law, the money that's given to a particular fund like a building, building grounds fund, has to be used for those purposes. So we can't take those purposes and go use it for, for our general budget later on. So we're, I'm inviting, we're inviting all of us to tackle this together, to pray about it. Um, this is ultimately in God's hands. It's his timing, whether he can do this or not, and how he's going to do it. But we've seen some of the most no-way things happen in this church because God all of a sudden decided, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that funding come from here. I'm going to supplement from there, and it just happens. We've seen, uh, we did this back in 2017, 2018. We had six HVAC units. Boom. Uh, all of a sudden, the, the money's there. Uh, we did it with a roof. We replaced the roof that then burned down in a fire. But we did it, though, doggone it, together. Um, but this is, it's God's timing. It's God's timing. But we feel as a leadership team, this is, let's, let's start moving towards this. Let's open this up. Let's invite people into it. Um, another way for you to help is if you are in the trades, if you know someone in the trades, if you have access to supplies in the trade, like at cost, which has happened already, we've had some of that, uh, somebody who is in the paving industry or whatever, uh, let us know that. So the building fund is now open. It's been open. The gifts are just like regular general fund. They're tax deductible. Um, 250K for the parking lot. That's a need. Another 300K estimate for the multipurpose room. That's an opportunity. All right. As we pursue those together, our, our staff is working. Uh, we're going to do our work, and we have been, um, to look at other, uh, other options as well to supplement. Things like grants and leasing opportunities, other means. Uh, we're trusting God in this. This message today, we didn't plan it that way. It lined up that way. But do we believe that he's able to do this? And I, I believe he is. Uh, it looks like a mountain to me. As a human, it's nothing to him. It's nothing to him. Um, regardless of that, and I'm approaching my time here, I see it. Um, I just want to pray for a second because at the end of 
regardless of, of the parking lot and the other stuff, when we move back in to the building and when it's completely done, we are going to have essentially a brand new building, which is just crazy because our, our leadership team, you know, we've been 20 years now at 4,400. And it started to show it. There was wear and tear. And we were starting to plan, okay, how do we, how do we refresh this? We're going to have to come and either ask for money for it or do something. And then this fire happens, which we would have never wanted. But we even see God's hand that he brings out of that, that after this is over, this is all the work that was going to need to be done on this building is going to be done. And that's just unbelievable. So he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider, right? So let me pray and just give thanks to him. And then we're going to sing one more time and finish up. God, um, you are Lord over everything. This is nothing to you. You are able to do this. Um, and you know exactly, God, what needs to happen in this. You know the direction this is going to go. We're asking as your people to, to do your thing, God. We say yes, Lord, to you. We believe in you. And we pray you would just uh, unify us around what you're doing. God, we know that the building is not the church, but we know it's a resource you've given to us, and we want to use it wisely. We want to use it for your kingdom. Um, we're so thankful uh, for the, the faithfulness you've had in the past. It gives us the courage and, and the d desire and even the will to move forward in, in endeavors like this, things that seem like mountains that you can tear down in a second. So we love you, and we thank you uh, that you are the provider. In your name, amen. Uh, we're going to sing a little bit of uh, the song that we, we just sang a, a couple of minutes ago. Um, but before we do that, uh, we just want to give you guys some time to reflect. Because uh, it's been a lot this morning. And um, just reflect on the teaching that we heard, um, the update on the building. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree with Dan. It's no coincidence that we're talking about that and we're singing about that. So, um, yeah, we'll just give you some time to reflect. <laughs> 